friends and welcome to your midweek Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town football podcast. I'm your host Mark Heath, the sun is shining, I hope you're still enjoying this lovely Easter weather. Ipswich Town on Tuesday night, we're expecting them maybe to lose again at home against champions elect Wigan, but they put them on hell of a show uh, and were denied a victory with a last gas equaliser from a certain Mr Will Keane, formerly of this parish. We're going to talk all about that, of course, in due course, but first of all, I've got three fellow Kings with me today and the man I'm going to start with is... Without doubt, my favourite king, the greatest natural raconteur I've ever met. It's the big pork of the Grand Pork sign, the big pork thing, Mike of House Bacon. How are you? Well, thank you very much, Heath. Wonderful, wonderful introduction. I appreciate that very much. And I'm very well, thank you. Yes, not too bad at all. Sun shining, as you say. Um, <clears throat> yes, got the builder in still. Roger, Roger the builder, big Ipswich Town fan. Um, and here he is. Um, he is uh, helping me out here with a few. Well, help. <laughs> he's doing everything. Basically, I'm not doing anything. Um, but uh, drinks tea. Drink, drinks tea for England. To be fair, drinks a lot of tea. But um, I'm not quite sure what's going to cost more his uh, his time or all the tea bags. But um, nice man, good man. We chat a lot about Ipswich Town. Um, yeah. And he's very positive, which is good. So everything's fine. Thank you. I'm never entirely sure with you, Mike, when you say you've got the builders in, whether that's a euphemism or, or a genuine genuine thing. Um, as I say mm-hmm. there. A natural raconteur. Is Roger a um, leave the tea bag in sort of man? Is he a, a double tea bagger, so to speak? No. no, he's not a double tea bagger, so to speak. He's uh, <laughs> he takes it. He, I, he, I I've been making lots of tea, and he has a tea bag mm. out, um, white, no sugar. Um, I messed that up a couple of times early on, but uh, I've managed to sort of get quite, quite well. After you do like fourteen a day, you get quite uh, get quite into it. So everything's fine. Super. How are the book sales going? Book sales tick along nicely. Yes, I sold sold a few more this week, which is nice to see. Um, yeah, doing very well. I'm so I'm glad I had a had somebody come up to me the other week and say how much they enjoyed it, which uh, <laughs> extraordinary. Um, but no, going very well. Thank you very much. Excellent. And if you haven't got a copy of uh, Thirty Eight Sleeps, um, available on Amazon and all and all good retailers, I believe, Mike. Exactly, Young Heathy. Exactly. Very good. I'll um I'll I'll slip you a little something later on. <laughs> uh, fine. Financially, I meant there, of course. And uh, yes, so thank you very much for the little plug. Appreciate it. <laughs> Excellent. Glad to have you on board uh, today, Mike. I'm looking forward to your contributions. Um, Andy, the Hutch man, Hutch Hogan, Mr. Hutch, Hutchy Hutch, rabbits in a hutch, eat some hay. That was a Mike Bacon style intro. Um, uh, <laughs> Andy, how are you? Uh, I'm all right. That's an Andy Warren style intro. <laughs> you, my friend, um, having missed Rotherham away, are now declining to go to crew as well for the spurious reason that it's your daughter's birthday this weekend. Ridiculous. No commitment whatsoever. So you're building up to what is sure to be a bigger event than, than Ipswich Town at crew, a child's birthday party at Hutch Towers. Talk us through it. <laughs> Talk us through it. <laughs> well, Mark. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid I decided I don't want to go and work at crew on my daughter's fourth birthday. And, um, I'm not going to apologise for it because I'm not sure how I would explain that to her in a few years' time. Um, why weren't Why weren't you at my birthday party? Well, there was a very, very important dead rubber football match going on at, at Gresty Road, um, exactly, and I, just, and I just had to be there. Um, yeah, so I'm so I'm not going. This is this part. This this party, which I'm far more interested in than Ipswich Town at Crew, is it themed? Is there a, is there a theme? What kind of um, party bags are we getting these days? Is, I assume that's gone up big time. You get like a an iPad in a party bag now, do you? Uh, well, hopefully no one that's coming is listening to that because they are not getting an <laughs> iPad in a party bag. No, they're very very innocent, very uh, very sweet little little party bags, bouncy balls, colouring pencils, 
all your all your essentials. No Excellent. iPads. I assume you'll be live tweeting it as well. This 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 party. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So follow Hutchie on Saturday as an alternative to Ipswich Town at Crew. Someone who's been to many parties. Um, Roscoe, the boy Ross. Mike, do you want to do your your r- 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 it's uh, it's a uh, Ross Media UK, which I never understand. As I said, Heathy, my friend. I mean, Patch, you can enlighten me because whenever I'm on here, you're never on here, and that's nice to be together. I don't understand what this Ross Media UK is. I mean, why isn't he called Ross Halls? I don't understand. Why yeah, is, I don't understand this. Why Just put name? your name on there. It's my, my Twitter handle. You got you got to plug your Twitter handle. There you go. It's his Twitter handle. Yeah. And Ross isn't just a person, as we know. He's he's a whole media channel. <laughs> how's awesome. that? I'm how's that? Go. How's that feel, Ross, being a, a whole channel to yourself? Uh, I don't know. It's a bit of pressure, to be honest. I have to be alert at all times. And by the way, <laughs> you said you said Mike is your favourite king, but I don't know if listeners heard. I heard he called you Andy. Did he? Yeah. Absolutely. So listen, listen to that back, and you'll Abs- hear him say Andy. Well, we know where Mike's loyalties are, then, don't we? Absolute shambales, Mike. Can I give you the big build-up, uh, Rossi? Ha- how's things? How was uh, how was Tuesday night? Before we get into the game. You enjoy it? Um, yeah, very enjoyable game. We actually took our chances and scored them. Um, but yeah, it was a very enjoyable night um, under lights. Um, yeah, just got to look forward to two dead rubbers now, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, all good. What would you rather be doing than going to crew on Saturday for a game that means absolutely nothing? Um, Andy's uh, daughter's <laughs> fourth birthday, to be honest. Wait, well, you're, <laughs> not, you're not invited. You're not invited. Not invited. Oh. Right then, friends. Enough of this nonsense and this intro madness. Let's talk football. Andy Hutch Warren, when we spoke on Monday's podcast, you said of this game, which I predicted that Town would lose. You said, all I want to see is a team that shows fight and is up for the game and puts in a performance. And that's exactly what we saw, isn't it? Yep. Got that. Got that exactly. Got And, and anyone that was there would have obviously gone away disappointed that Ipswich didn't win. Wigan will have gone away disappointed that they didn't win because one more goal for them would have taken them up. But all twenty-one thousand people that were there saw a proper, proper football match, which um, both left me really encouraged uh, by what I saw. Incredibly frustrated by the way that the result didn't didn't finish how Ipswich wanted it, and really disappointed that this match had absolutely nothing on it because it kind of, in its own way, kind of wet the appetite a little bit for what a meaningful game at this point of the season should should feel like Ipswich mm. haven't had one at this point of the season in League One of big game that, that has a real importance on it. And um that made me sad because um Portman Road is set up to have nights like that. Um mm. but hopefully hopefully there's the foundations of something mm. to to mean that like next April we're re- we're talking about some really meaningful big games at this point. Yeah. Twenty one thousand people there on a Tuesday night for a game that meant absolutely nothing. Fantastic. Um, on uh, Monday show, Andy, I uh, I went early and said that Town were a long way off um, being a, a serious promotion contender. And now I'd like to say that they're so, so close to being a, a serious promotion contender. That's that's my prerogative as your knee-jerk host. Um, what, did you, what did you like from this game? Because it certainly showed that Town can compete with a, with a side that are going up from this league. Yeah, I like the I like the intensity, and that's that's not just sort of charging around, putting in tackles, headless chicken effort. It was like a managed intensity that that lasted the ninety minutes, um, which which was impressive to to do that for the entire game. I liked the, how uh, they were quite methodical in the way they attacked and attacked from different areas of the pitch mm. rather than just the right hand side. 
I liked the fact they were shooting from outside the box. I liked both of the goals that the Ipswich managed to to score in their own way, and um, yeah, it was just a just a good performance, a, a good fo- a good football team showing that they are a good football team against the best that the league's got. Um, mm. I enjoyed the crowd. I enjoyed the pantomime back and forth with Will Keane, which was great, which was a real element to this game. And yeah, there was just loads to like. It was just a proper game that, um, that you know, didn't think we were necessarily going to get. Mm. So yeah, really good. Rossi, your privileged position pitch side, what did you make of the whole evening? Yeah, going into it, I thought, oh, this is a pointless game, you know, um, but the boys turned up and they were competitive against League One. Well, be playing Championship football next season, Wigan. Um, and as as Andy said, you know, Portland already set up for these big games. You know, when when the fixtures came out in the summer, we were looking at this game that was highlighted Easter Monday. Of course, it's going to be Paul Cook versus Liam Richardson. We we know what happened with Paul Cook, of course. Um, of course, got moved to a Tuesday night under lights, but um, but no, I enjoyed it. It was um, a game that I wasn't expecting. I thought Wigan were going to turn up and. Boss us, but it was the other way around. We dominated. Wigan, mm. of course, took the lead. Will Keane was always going to score. He was always going to score. Um, and great header for his first goal. Really good header. Um, but no, enjoyable night. Good to see us take our chances. And um, town fans left happy. Looking forward to, to next season. Mm. Mike, I don't know if you were you were there or whether you've seen the game. I probably should check that before we, uh, before we kicked off, shall we say, on this podcast. But um, as a statement, playing that way against League One's champions elect when really there's nothing on it for you. Um, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Showing that town really can compete um, and can play football at, at the highest level of, of this level. Well, I think that's the thing. No, I wasn't there on Tuesday night. I'd, uh, Rotherham was, was enough for me on Saturday. Um, but, <laughs> so, yeah, no, um, but so I didn't see the game, but you're right. I'm obviously, I've spoken to obviously uh, Andy particularly <clears> since. Um, look, it's, it is a statement game. It was obviously it was clearly a good performance. And and in the first half at Rotherham was was fairly similar, a good performance. Um, I think it's uh, McKenna's, I'm, I'm hoping, this is what I'm hoping, McKenna's seeing things and changing things and talking to his players and getting them to do different things. This has got to be, the, this is the way forward for Ipswich. They've clearly got the players. They have got the players. They've clearly got a squad good enough to be, where are they, 11th? 11th in, in, 11th, in League yeah. 1? I mean, that's, it's bizarre, you know. So clearly there's a squad there, good enough. Um and and they've just they just need a manager and coaching to get them to the levels they should be at. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean Wigan came there, of course, win the match and they're up. Big match for Wigan. So for Town, that's a, that's a that's a terrific result and clearly a terrific performance, which um, which does bode well for next season. Um, but we can talk about that later. A few extra players and a little bit more. And you know, um, the, this weekend with Rotherham, then Wigan has shown lots of, I would say, lots of good signs. Yeah, lots of promise uh, when they do play. Hutchie, before the game, we talked about the, the talking point mainly being whether um, Baggett would play or Burgess would come back. Obviously, Big Cam did come back. What else did you did you make of the side and, and who, who impressed for you on the night? Uh, there wasn't an awful lot to make of the rest of the side, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest. Like, I, I did think that Burgess, Burgess would play for the reasons we talked about on Monday. He played really well. Um, Matt Penny got a go on the left flank, so sadly only lasted till half time. He put in some really good crosses in that first half, and that's a, that's mm. a side to his game that I really, really like. Um, there are some other parts of it that that need some work, but in a pure offensive sense, he's the best they've got in that mm-hmm. on that left side. So that that was disappointing for him to to only get forty five minutes of it. Um, 
I like as I sort of mentioned, alluded to earlier. I liked how they kind of attacked through the through the middle of the pitch. We've talked so much about Wes Burns being the only outlet on the right on the right side, and um, he contributed in this game, but he wasn't mm. relied upon. They went through the middle of the pitch a lot more. Morsi um, Backinson, I thought, played well. Sort of seemed to land on every ball that ran loose in the middle of midfield. Morsi played as Morsi does. Um, Connor Chaplin had it. I would argue his best game as an Ipswich player for for me he he not only kind of offered the the intensity that that he always offers to be fair you don't think you'll ever you can never criticize Connor Chaplin for a lack of a lack of effort but he he brought some some real quality as well so two first half moments one where he slipped in Janoy Danasian with a really clever ball and then another um clever turn on Kel Watts which um made some space for him to free Selena to shoot um and then obviously a Connor Chaplin goal, which we which we know he can score a bit of composure and, and get a ball, dig a ball out of his feet, which he's um he's very good at making space for himself to shoot. So yeah, I enjoyed those I enjoyed those um those performances and, and just how they were able to mix it up in the way they attacked, because they're they're gonna need they're gonna need to do that. There's 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 some of the pieces there mm. for for what for what needs to happen. I, you know, it needs some real work. I'm I'd I'd I was encouraged by this game, but I'm not. I don't think it's probably changed my my thoughts on the team in general because we've known all along they're capable of playing that way. We know mm-hmm. they're. We know they've got good footballers in the team, but there's 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 some of the pieces there. It just needs just needs some work. Mm. Are we claiming that Connor Chaplin goal ends long Town's long drought from uh, from set pieces? No. <clears throat> Fair enough. <laughs> if we uh, we can we can if we want to, we'd see see which narrative it suits from time yeah. from time to time. Um, yeah, it, it was a goal from it was a goal from a set piece, I suppose, but not how you'd want them to. Not really. Not really. It, do, it doesn't. Them. Yeah, it doesn't suddenly make them this set pit, dead ball threat, yeah. does it? It's um, it's a goal from a free kick, but it, Chaplin did all the hard work there. It's not how you draw it up in the old textbook, is it? Rossi, I, I understand as well that Town were having pops from range. Having spoken about this on Monday, why Town don't shoot from outside the box much. They, that was actually happening this game. Clearly, that's something they've discussed. Um, well, not very well, though. Not really. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're definitely not taking that set-piece goal because no one got the assist for the goal because it hit a defender and Chaplin was there and finished well. His 10th goal of the season, by the way. That's sort mm. of gone under the radar. Um, you know, like At the moment... The you know top goalscorer award is is open for a debate. You know it could be Wes Burns. We call it Bond still there, but Connor Chaplin could go and score a few against Crew. You know could score a few against Cholton. So that'll be what main talking point going to the final two games. But um, but no, yeah, I think we had maybe more space to maybe take shots. Maybe Wigan was maybe more open than other teams. Um, but we're still not very good at it. Um, but sometimes just got. We're just playing with freedom now. We've got nothing to play for. We've got two dead rubbers now. Just go for it. Go for a shot. You know, Sam Morsey's goal is in the box, of course, but a great volley from him. Another mm. goal for him. I'm sure Hutch is happy with that, seeing Morsey score. Um, Not bothered no. anymore, mate. All <laughs> that, <laughs> nah, all that money's gone. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. He lost all the money. All the money is gone. Yeah. He yeah. lost it all? Yeah. I just got rid of it all, mate. But I put it all on them to win. Yeah. So, if you're going to lose 700 grand, you may as well lose the other 300. <laughs> that's that's my that's my motto. 
Shall we talk? Shall we talk um, before we get on to the the kind of the negatives from the game, which will obviously include Andy losing all his money. Um, Sam Morsey, a good goal, but the thing that's probably caught most people's eye was this ridiculous incident in the first half. Which if come on, not... Mark, off you go. <laughs> wind him, wind him up, that, and off he goes. <laughs> if you've not seen um, the boys. Uh, Stewie and Andy replicate that in the uh, the post match reaction. That was lovely. It was a kind of tender, touching moment. Actually, um, there's a little clip of it on the, the KOA Twitter feed. If you've not seen it, go and watch it or watch the whole thing on the KOA YouTube channel. If you've not seen the reaction, um, I'm almost kind of past angry about this. Uh, when I saw it, I, I was incandescent with rage, um, and now it just makes me feel a bit sad that that kind of thing happens and. Morsey gets booked and Joe Bennett gets away with it. I don't know how Joe Bennett looks himself in the mirror. What kind of individual gets a slight brush on the forehead and hurls himself to the floor as if he's been picked off by a sniper? Um, I just don't. I just don't understand how that, how he and Ethan Hamilton and players of that ilk look at themselves in the mirror for that sort of behaviour on the pitch. It's embarrassing. It's beyond embarrassing. It's pathetic. Um, Mike, you're from an era where you were able to physically kick people and get away with it in front of the ref. Um, what do you make of all this complete nonsense on a football pitch? It's absolutely embarrassing, Ethan. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Complete embarrassment. I mean, I did. I mean, I've never seen. I mean, I've just never seen anything like it. I mean, I do come from an era where you used to tackle people. Proper, really tackle people, you know. If you headbutted someone, you headbutted them. You didn't. You really <laughs> give them a woof. Go on, you know. I mean, you headbutted them properly. You know, yeah. they got sent off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just pathetic. And and it's actually it is. But on a serious note, you know, the likes of Sam Morris, of course, as we know, has already been sort of pulled back. You know, retrospectively on something he did. Mm. Um, you know what? This should be happening where players are called up and said, "Look, we've had a look at that, and that was cheating." And we're giving you a yellow. And actually, because it was your second yellow, we've actually given you a red. I don't know. But I mean, I know it's pathetic, isn't it? I mean, it's I come from I'm, I'm Speedway is another sport that I follow. I mean, they hurtle in the fence at 70 miles an hour, bounce back up and go on the rerun. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it is embarrassing. It's the only word I can think of. And it's not a good thing for football. Football it's doesn't terrible. do itself any favours. It's terrible no, for the game. It makes people turn off. I mean, uh, I yeah. tweeted about it and obviously had um, a flood of, comments from Wigan um less than complimentary shall we say but equally there are people saying that's why I don't watch football anymore I can't watch stuff like that Hutchie you're a you're a noted um violent angry man yourself mm-hmm. um what, what did you make of it there's some people saying on the actually on the town side of things that Morsey deserved the yellow because he kind of dipped his head he is silly toward... he, yeah. he's silly like I'm, look I'm not I'm not gonna d- defend Joe Bennett because it's it's clearly Clearly, it's silly. It's what it's not great, is it? Mm. But but Morsi doesn't help himself, does he? Like if he hadn't just, it's not much. It's just, Mm -hmm. but it is a little lean of the head in in, and and that's what encourages Bennett to do it. There's also some other footage I've seen since of a an incident with the same two players um, where Morsi gives him a bit of a clip around the head with his hand, which is in a similar similar ish way to the Ethan Hamilton one. And Mm. you know, he doesn't. it doesn't help himself. We've talked about it before, haven't we? He's quite handsy, but um, in 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 that kind of thing. But um, all that said, it's still it's still a pretty pathetic, isn't it? Really, all, all in all. Um, mm. um, but 
I can't I don't have the energy to get angry about it. It's part of the game. We move we move on. Um you don't do angry anyway. Um, not on really, the, mate. On the, on the Morsey debate, so we've seen we've seen that on on Tuesday night. On on Saturday um, afternoon, we saw him kick someone as as they ran by him. Um, pretty blatant foul, which I enjoyed. Um, but again, you're saying that there's a, there's certainly a debate. And again, I, I got this from people saying, "Well, what's Morsey doing? He, he's he's putting himself in positions where he can get booked and get sent off. He's our captain." That's not what I want from a captain. It, we've spoken before about how influential and in, inspirational Morsey can be, Andy. But after the game, McKenna made reference, didn't he, to um, getting involved in things they didn't need to get involved in, um, upsetting the flow of the game. So is that something that you'd like to see? Sam Morsey plays on the edge, doesn't he? he he's clearly a very mm. intense, competitive person. Um, and if you play on that edge, sometimes you're going to go over the edge. So is that is that something that worries you about Sam Moore? Is that something not, that like me? Really. I, I I kind of want that from a from my captain. I want that kind of edge. To yeah. No, I, it doesn't. It, look, I think there are, there's there's times and places to do it. Um, mm. But I really I really like Sam Morsey and I like his approach to the game. Um, I think he could can help himself a little bit sometimes, and that there may be times where it's where it's costly for him and, and costly for the team. But if you try and if you try and change somebody particularly at his age like mm. he's he's been very successful as a footballer playing the game the way that he does i love watching him play in terms of his play on the pitch and i like his leadership i think he i think he is a true a true leader um mm. in there in a very different way to what we've been used to in terms of ipswich town captains um so it wouldn't i'd maybe i'd maybe say to him just just, just take a take a take a second sometimes, just to just to cool and, and think about things. But don't, you can't try and change him because if if you start doing that, you you'll change you'll change the player, and um, mm. they they need him. I, I want yeah. they need him to be leading from the front. The thing that slightly worries me about it is, I wonder if now opposition players are going to literally be trying to goad him just into little little things that then they can hurl themselves on the floor. Mm. Um, well, I, yeah, I think he can handle that though. Because one thing yeah. I will say about Sam Morsi is that um, he's very, very good at once he's been booked. That's almost kind of like the the warning that he needs. He's he. I never feel like Sam Sam Morsi is kind of a a second yellow card danger. I think he's mm. very, very good at um, doing what he needs to do. Maybe that's what gets him motivated for the game. Maybe it's what needs to be done to g the team up. It's all, all kinds of things, but. Um, I think he's very, very good at when he needs to just walk in that tightrope really sensibly. So mm. I'll be honest, it's not something I'm hugely concerned about. Love Sam Morsi as a football player and um, I wouldn't want him wouldn't want him to change. The, se- the second half of his season has been absolutely brilliant. Mm. Took some time to get going. As we've said so many times, I was a little bit disappointed with the first half of, of his season. But since 2022... Has, has dawned. I think he. I think he's been really, really good. Mm, absolute machine. I do. I do agree with Mike though. In terms of um, people can go back and be retrospectively sent off or banned, as we saw with Moore's earlier in the season. If that can happen, why can't we also retrospectively ban players for cheating? Let's not. Let's not beat around the bush. Diving, cheating, simulating, being pathetic, whatever you want to call it. Um, the only way to stamp that out, surely, is if you go back. And start handing out punishments for that as well. Um, Rossi, Ipswich Town were on the verge of their biggest scalp of the season, no doubt about it. Beating the League One champions at home would have been Town's biggest win of the season. Um, I know there's nothing on it, but it would have been one hell of a scalp. Until they weren't. And predictably, 
It was that man we spoke about on Monday. Wouldn't it be lovely to have Will Keane playing for Ipswich Town? Oh, we did. Um, it was inevitable, wasn't it? What, what did you make of Town eventually conceding that goal? Did it feel like it was coming? Um, not really. Uh, I think we sometimes we just need that killer goal. I think that's what we've sort of lacked this season. We've been on top, you know, leading from the front. Looking, we're gonna on our way to get a, a top win, and then well, Oxford happens, you know, <laughs> on mm. top of the whole game, and then they go and score a late equaliser, and it was the same. Um, and then yeah, of course, it had to be Will Keane. Of course, Green Edwards came off the bench as well. You thought, oh, here we go. Um, he got a few boos. Um, but I like Will Keane as a player. I know a lot of town fans now changed their mind on Will Keane because of what he did and his celebration. But at the end of the day, you're you know, you're a new team, you're scoring, you know. Potentially the the goal that could get you promoted to the championship. Um, I don't mind that. Maybe some town fans are a bit annoyed about that, but uh, yeah, he's a good player. Scored a goal, um, and yeah, it's just a bit a bit of a, a bit of sweet ending really because it would have been an amazing scalp getting that two one when he gets Wigan, who are going to be playing championship football next mm. season. Um, but we just couldn't hold on, and they scored, and thankfully we held on to, for the draw because you just never know Wigan would. Keep pushing, keep pushing, because they wanted to win. If they won, they would have been promoted, I think. But um, no, I'm proud of the boys, though. They, they got they got the point. And I think a lot of town fans left that stadium pretty happy because not because we didn't you know we didn't win it, we didn't win, of course, but mm-hmm. just just happy with the progression that we made after the Rotherham defeat. You know, some people thought, oh, we go, got three more games to go. Dip, disappointing, but we were competitive against the League One elect of Wigan. Mm. Hutchie, um, where do you stand on the whole Will Keane thing? A lot of, lot of town fans very irate about uh, his celebrations and giving him then something of a barracking, make it inevitable that he then goes and scores the equaliser. And the, the game as a whole, you referred to in your report as encouraging but frustrating. I'm assuming the frustration there is the, the fact they didn't hold on until the end and, and get the three points. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're annoyed about Will Keane's goal celebration, you need to wise up a little bit and get get a grip because uh, <laughs> it's just a it only happened because it when for the first goal they went he went to go and collect the ball from the front of the north stand to, for the corner to be taken and whoever was in the crowd had the ball did the old classic here you go way and then chucked it <laughs> chucked it to the back of the stand that's the only reason he did that goal celebration will Keane isn't coming back to Portman Road, ready to kind of go shushing the the stands. He's kind of the most relaxed, kind of mild-mannered, respectful, one of the most respectful kind of footballers I've ever met, actually. Mm. he's um, And that, that, that was kind of purely in response to scoring within seconds of the, of the, the crowd kind of doing that to him. So uh, it's all part of it. It's all part of the fun. I love it. I love it when Tyler Walker, for the various teams he's played for, has kind of got this funny little relationship with the North Stand. That's that's great. It's all it's, it's part of what gets crowds going, makes games feel Im- important. The mm. Kino Kino, what's the score? Was big, sung as loud as any song in that stadium. Once Morsi had put Ipswich ahead when they were back on halfway. Um, so no, it's a great. I think that whole little subplot was a, a really good, a really good part of the evening. If I'm honest, um, more of it, please. Mm. I, I quite enjoy it. It just adds to the atmosphere, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's it, it is panto, but it adds to the, that kind of atmosphere and, and big game feel. Um, talk to me about frustration then, Hutchie. Town didn't manage to hold on for the three points. Was was that your sole frustration from the evening? Were there other things that frustrated you? Uh, 
Yeah, that was about it. That was really. it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they played. They played well. The, the first half, the, the first half was had its frustrations because it's a very similar tale to we've seen before of games where they've had low, had had the ball, had the chances. They they played they played well in the first half, but a goal in stoppage time meant they went in a goal down. That's that's frustrating. And at that, and at that point, you're thinking it. This is the, the old deficiencies back once again. But um, yeah, it's just. Just and just the, like I was saying earlier, just the, the frustration that actually this game didn't mean anything because just imagine, imagine it, right? If if things had been different, we're we're, we're playing this game in the middle of Easter Monday, nice hot Easter Monday. Mm. Town are chasing the playoffs and chasing chasing promotion. There was twenty one thousand in there for this on a Tuesday night. I, Mark Ashton's talked about getting twenty eight at Portman Road regularly. I think they'd have got it. If this game had, had been relevant and played on East on Easter Monday, and that's and that's frustrating in itself because because uh, I mean we're repeating what we were saying earlier, but it's just set up for mm. it's set up for this. They've got remarkably the crowds in this kind of sweet spot where getting more than twenty one thousand for a game where a mid table League One side can't make the playoffs. Only four hundred of those came from Wigan, so that's twenty one mm. twenty one thousand Ipswich fans in there in there for it. So um that that brings its own frustrations because it, it's it's disappointing that the season's got to this point with with nothing riding on it. Mm. Mm. Any other notes from the game before we move on chaps? Anything else you want to mention? I'm disappointed that Gwion Edwards didn't get to take any set pieces. Because <laughs> the because the last time I saw him take some set pieces it was hilarious. That was uh that was empty ground uh area, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sent into orbit. Um, into the top tier of an empty north stand. Sadly, he uh, sadly he didn't get on any because that I think that would have had its own pantomime moments at that point. I think yeah. Connor, I think Connor Chaplin should be starting every game from the start of next season. That's my there opinion. Connor, Connor Chaplin. I think what I've seen of Chaplin, he always does well, and I think he's been quite mm-hmm. unlucky to be part of this um, continued cycle, recycling of that front three. Mm. I think he should have been given a continuation of runs and he scored 10 goals and he's been on the subs bench as much as anyone else I know. Mm. But every time he does play, he does well and scores goals as well. I know Morsi's getting some goals now, which is nice. I think Connor Chaplin, you should build a little, I think McKenna should build a little bit more around Morsi and Chaplin next season. I really do in that, in that middle of the park. Chaplin's an interesting one because I spoke to him after the game on on Tuesday night, and he's talking about how he's still learning this position, which he is. He's not a naturally an attacking midfield player, so he's le- he's learning it. I think there have been plenty of games where I don't think he's affected the game anywhere near enough, but that that's understandable. Um, I think because of because of the role he's being asked to play, and and I think one of the big the big problems that that Town have had is in playing these two dual number tens, Mike, is that. And I think it probably speaks to your point a little bit. I, I don't think they work together particularly well. Uh, I think if 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 that I, th- I quite like the setup of that area of the team with like these two creative players there. But I don't feel like they, I don't feel like there's partner a partnership there. And you want those two mm-hmm. players to work together. They're they're each working with their flank, if that makes sense. So um, Chaplin would would work on the right side with with Burns and. Um, and Danassian and maybe maybe Selena would work work to the left side or, or vice versa or Luco in there, but the the two of them don't link, and and that and that's I think why maybe we're not seeing Town attack through the middle of the pitch as much as we'd mm. like them to. And then you've also got 
the striker who, if we cast back to the MK Dons game, we're talking about Caden Jackson playing in that in that game and really stretching the MK defence, which then gives the two attacking tens, which I think off the top of my head were Selena and Chaplin that day, the room to work. So <laughs> I think all, all in all, that whole area of the team needs some needs some real work. But mm. if if you can build like a partnership in in there where they're working in tandem and then working correctly with the striker at the top end of the pitch as well, which Jackson is probably the best suited for, then then that's where you can make some real real gains in this side, I would say. I don't know if you heard there, but um, Benson was wholeheartedly agreeing with you, Hutchie. I do apologise for... He's a big Chaplin fan, isn't he? Ma- massive, similar size individual, actually. <laughs> probably, probably weighs the same as Connor Chaplin, I reckon. Um Anyway, that's that was that was excellent and interesting. Um, and we will see. Let us know what you think about Connor Chaplin and, and and how he should be used next season. Do you agree with Mike, who's gone very early there and said start him every game next season? Um, friends, should we move on to something a bit different? Should we do some mailbag, Hutchie? Do you, do you fancy doing the honours for one of the final times my, this season? Uh, my th- this is going to sound horrific, all right, with my throat, but I will do it. Um, You're going to get a Barry White version. Maybe, maybe this yeah. is the way forward. Ready? I am. Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark, Andy, Ross, and Mike to dip into the <laughs> mailbag. Oh, that's, that's terrible. I like the look of panic on your face there, when you, when you realise you hadn't taken account of who's actually on the pod. Stu is, all, yeah. I normally, normally Stu is the middle, is the middle, is the middle yeah. one. Um, and there's not normally four. So no. Do you think you can do better or something, Mike? I heard your little. I did hear your little comment there. I did, didn't go, didn't go, didn't go amiss. Have you got? Would you like to have a little go? Yeah, sure. At all? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Go on then. Mailbag. <laughs> oh, <right>. Mailbag <laughs> with Andy, Mark, and Russell. And yeah. you. And you. And me. <laughs> 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 wow! Your drums just blown up. Yeah. By you're, way. you're right. You're I right. You're, yeah, you're right. That was that's the way forward. You're the man. I do, <laughs> I do apologise if you are you were driving and have now driven into a big tree when Mike suddenly broke into song. Hopefully, you survive. Um, friends, you want football or non-football to start off with? Always the non-football. Always non-football. Um, Chris Peachy wants to know if Kings of Anglia were a rock band, who would be lead singer, lead guitar, bat bass drums i want to say bass bass drums keyboard etc so well, mike's the singer isn't he absolutely 100 percent. after that performance really? yeah um wearing leather trousers <laughs> i have actually i have actually got some leather trousers do you want me to I tell bet you, you um yes well, yes i suppose so <laughs> right they're black okay black leather trousers and i sometimes and but they are from years ago. They're not current. They're from many, many years ago. And I used to wear them with some very high heels. <laughs> which like platform shoes. Yes, you've got Andy. Exactly. Yeah. Is this when you had your, your Bon Jovi sort of mane? This was this was the this was when we used to support and love Slade. Wow. And pe- pe- yeah, people like that. Slade and uh, just some fantastic groups, some glam rock stuff. You used to put a little bit bit of stuff under your eyes and wear your leather trousers, Ross. You should, you'd have loved it. You'd have absolutely you, loved it. What were you wearing on your top with leather trousers? Or were you just shirtless? Open shirt with a big hairy thing. You used to buy a hairy, hairy <laughs> thing from the shop and stick it underneath to make you look like a big hairy chest. If you do have a hairy chest, remember use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% yes. off 
and free delivery. Um, there you go. Keithy, Keithy congratulations. Well, Fantastic. Just plug, just plug well the sponsor. Um, so we've got Mike as, as the lead singer. Um, who else is doing what in this band? Can I say, is it safe to assume that none of us actually have any musical ability whatsoever? So this is more of an image placement, right? Other than oh. my pre, pre-discussed pre tremendous dancing ability. Um, yeah. Uh, I have no musical ability whatsoever. No, me neither. No. Ross, Ross has put his hand up to... I can I can somewhat play the piano, somewhat. Well, there you go. Keyboards. Then Ross, keyboards. Ross, Ross is on keyboards. What are <laughs> me, also, you and... I like the drummer, though. I like the drummer. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes unreliable, and drummers are unreliable. So you, you normally sack them after a while. So the I've drummers drum not really need to be like the most reliable because they kind of set the rhythm yeah. for the whole... The tone, yeah. The whole thing. Um. So Ross is is doing drums and and keyboard. Um, Stu, uh, what are me, you, and Stewie doing, Hutchie? Um, sounds like you're on maracas. I could I could no. be marac- I could be the I could be the bez. Could be bez. Just dance, just dancing around. Yeah, yeah. I like, quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll um, I'll just pluck the. I'll slap some bass. I'll just pluck some strings very methodically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I've, which makes I've, which makes Watson lead guitar? Would he be? Yeah, I'm fine yeah. with that. He's yeah. got the image. He's got. He yeah. owns a leather jacket, so does he's he? gonna. He's. I think he does. At least, oh. at least I think he does. I think he's gonna. Um, he's gonna fit into the image of this band quite well. I quite like that. So just to, just to review: Mike Bacon lead vocals, Stuart Watson lead guitar, Ross Hall's keyboard slash drums. That'd be an interesting setup. Um, Warren bass, and me on the old maracas and, and just dancing. Just, just, yeah, just, 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 just hyping the crowd. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Excellent. There we go. Then uh, look out for the the album recording new music now coming soon. Um, right then, let's do a football one, shall we? Let's see. Where are we? Barney wants to know. Hutchie, probably one for you. Will McKenna be after a starting midfielder next to Morsey this summer, or do you get the impression he's happy with Evans and Backinson in that area? Well, Backinson's a Backinson's a question in himself, isn't he? Because we don't mm. know if he's going to be here or not. Um, my, I think he might. I think he might. Um, I wouldn't be in any way disappointed if they went into the season with Lee Evans as the starting midfielder next to Morsi. I really mm-hmm. wouldn't. But I've just got this feeling. I've just got this feeling that he might. Um, Evans has obviously missed games on a few occasions for from knocks and injuries and stuff, has had long term injuries in it in the past. Um so I've just got this feeling that he might he may well um may well be looking for the, the true Morsi the Morsi partner. And that could be in addition to signing Backinson as well. But I'll be honest, they go into the season with those with those three. Um I think they'll be in a much, much better midfield place than they were in August of last year when when it, we were talking about Harper and, and Evans, which just didn't, which just didn't work. So, um, yeah, I've just got this feeling he might feeling in in Hutchie's water that we might be having another starting midfielder come in on on the Hutchie front. Um, our old friend Mullet just asked, do you know you can buy the the referee uh, vanishing spray <laughs> uh, on the internet? Um, and he sent me an Amazon link. So there you go. That'll go well with your referee outfit, Hutchie, which I'm hoping you're going to you're going to pull out at some point. Um, let's do another football one. Uh, and I'm going to come to, to Mike and, and Ross on this one. Um, Mark H, not me, says, would you keep one, two or all three of Norwood, Bonn and Piggott for next season? 
I think all three could stay if we had a creative midfielder to supply the ammunition for them, <clears throat> plus an out-and-out winger. All three rely on scraps or burns for chances. So I'll come to you first, Mickey. Um, Norwood, Bon and Piggott. Piggott has really done nothing this season. Norwood and Bon have obviously had success at times. All three, though. Kind no, of. I no, I won't keep all three. And I don't think yeah. he will keep all three. Um, I, I personally, it's my personal question, I would keep Piggott because I think Piggott is someone who needs a chance, a real chance. A, a half a dozen, I keep saying every week, oh, he's had his chance. He's had, he's had about two or three games and then he gets pulled off. A proper chance. Um, so I'd keep Piggott just to see if he comes good because I don't I don't believe you suddenly go crap overnight. Um, and do you know what? I'd keep James Nord and I'd keep James Nord because I think he's in a team that I don't think is full of leaders mm. and big personalities, Morsey apart, um, I think they need him. I think McKenna, that's why I think McKenna's been starting him a few times recently. I think he needs it. I know he made a right Rick at Rotherham, which is a nice little... A lot of Rick at Rotherham. But overall, I think as an individual, he, I think he's he's a character. And I know people say, well, you can't just play characters. No, but clubs, teams need... The dressing room is vital. In football, a dressing room is absolutely vital. You know, the top teams over the years have always had strong dressing rooms. I think Norwood will probably provide that in the dressing room. I'm not saying he's going to start every game. He's not. But I'd keep Norwood and I would keep Piggott. And I am and I'd, I think they'll go for another striker as well, mind you. I think we'll look mm. to sign another one. I think Bond might, well, just by the fact he's on loan, I don't, I don't think he'll stay. But that's mm. my personal opinion. Okay, so Mike's keeping Piggott and Norwood. Rossi, we know that your boy Bond... Is not being kept in that scenario. What are you saying? Um, I agree with a lot of what Mike said, to be fair. I would probably keep Piggott um, because he's the only player that is on a, a long-term deal and he hasn't had these chance. Um, and I'm sure Kieran McKenna wants to have a proper look at him in pre-season and going forward next season as well. Um, I like Norwood. I think you can score at this level. And I think, as Mike said, he's a good character. And I think you do need to have characters in, in this at this level as well. In League One, you need to have proper good characters. But has James Norwood done his time now? He's been here for years. He's had his moments, scored a few goals, had some bad patches, had some bad moments. Do we let him go now? Is it his time to go? Or do we just give him that option? Because I know he's got an option. And he, he's out of contract this summer, but he's got that option. Mm. So do you just give him that option, see what he does? So that's what I'm pretty much going forward, I think. I'm, I'm doing that. Um, so he's staying. Bon, we all loved what happened at the start of the season. What a dream it was. But is that fair as hell over and shall we move on? Sadly. Sorry, McCauley. Sorry, Bon. I think we should move on and um, best luck to whatever he does next. If he does come back, I think a lot of town fans still be happy. But I don't think that would be the right decision. But we shall see. Okay, so Mike and <clears throat> Mike and Ross agreeing there. I'm going to ask you, Andy. We will do this properly at some point. The whole out of contract loans, all that kind of thing. What we do with players. Um, but what would you do with those three, Hutchie? Do you agree with the boys there? You have a little drink, mate. I will do. Throat's suddenly gone. Well, you were you suddenly just. I've been singing too much. Just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bon. Bon. It's hard, isn't it? I, I, there's a lot of a body of evidence to say that he's not he's not the man to do it, isn't there now? We've got five months' worth. So unless there's a, 
a, a free transfer or a squad player sort of role available for him, I think it's got to be a no. It's not someone you're going to push for and spend big on now. Um, my, how that's changed since October mm. time. Um, Norwood, um, I... <sighs> I kind of I kind of agree with Ross in in that I would I would quite like to, to have James Norwood around as a kind of a wild card wild card option. I don't think there's I don't think that he will be the main man. They're they're going to sign that guy. He's not here. They will sign their main striker. I'm absolutely certain of that. I like James Norwood. I've got no real worries about his off pitch stuff that gets discussed so often. Doesn't bother me really. Um, but for I I think for James Norwood. I think James Norwood needs to leave. I think he's at an age where he can go and get a good contract somewhere and go and be the main man. I don't think he needs to have his option taken and be the third choice striker. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him, I think he can go and score a lot of goals somewhere else. Um, and I think that might be the good thing for him. And Pig- Piggott, I just do not think that Joe Piggott fits what what Kieran McKenna's trying to do stylistically, athletically. I'd, I'd, I don't think I don't think he's what Kieran McKenna wants um, in a in a striker. That's not to say that he can't score goals somewhere else, um, but I've not seen I've not seen an, anywhere near enough from him to think that he can be a Kieran McKenna striker. And he he sat on the bench and not getting games. He's not even getting off the bench. Um, I think it's pretty clear that he's not not really what Kieran McKenna's what Kieran McKenna's after. Um, whether he moves on or not is a different question, but. I, I think he's going to be down the pecking order if he's still here. So I guess in short, that's probably a no to all three of those. Well, let us know what you think about that. Um, Andrew, and I'll start with you on this one, Hutch, he wants to know, with everything on the review on and off the pitch, what would each king like to request from Mark Ashton, who's in Phoenix at the moment, um, for the press area? Clearly, that's why he's over there discussing what he can offer us in in the press facility way. What would you like? We, we've spoken before about um, it's a bit antiquated, shall we say, the old press area there, isn't it? They've still got TVs up with built-in VCRs from, yeah, I imagine about nineteen eighty-five. Um, what? So, what would you like, Hutchie? You're up there more than any of us. What What do you want? I would like them to remove these. Re- there's in front of us. I actually quite like the Portman Road press area. I, 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 it's absolutely fine in my book. Mm. The view's great. The working space is good. There's lots of the Wi-Fi is decent. Uh, there's lots of room to move around. It's a bit dusty. Could uh, get rid of some. Could get rid of some of the dust. Um, but the, the one thing I really want them to do is remove these weird. They've done, they've they've installed some really nice lights in there this season at, at the top, like so mm. shining down so you can see a bit better. But there, there's these old kind of lamps built into the desk which don't have bulbs in them and they don't work but they're really annoying because it's right in my eye line of the goal at the south stand end these two at every game i've got they're really thin kind of like wire like um the width of a a drinking straw Mm. and i've got this urge to just bend it over the desk to get it out my way Every, every game i want to do that and i've resisted for however hundreds of games at portman road i've i've managed to resist doing that if you could get rid of them, please, that would be. Um, you don't want much at all, nice. then. You just want to get rid of some broken old lights. You I don't. don't yeah, I don't need much, mate. I, I just want somewhere quiet and and calming to work and a good view of the game. And I'll be honest, I, I don't really want anything else. Just get rid of those little lamps, please. A man of simple pleasures, which could never be said about Mike Bacon. What What do you want, Mike? Come on. You, you, uh, a throne you want, don't you? You want those um, those seats they're going to have in the dugout. You want a proper 
gaming chair style thrown up there for, mm. for the press posteriors. And mashed potato. <laughs> I mean, there's, no, there's no doubt you know this pie business has get there's even at rotherham they've even rotherham have copied ipswich now even when it went to rotherham and they said have a pie i just said a pie and there it was a pucker pie wasn't it ross just a potato it was nice but it was just this obsession with just pies and nothing to go accompany them is it is i don't know what's happened i mean how many of you sitting around here that go home tonight say what to your family we've got pie tonight for dinner and you just put one pie on a plate and serve it or sit around a table with four pies and nothing so that's so yes i would also like those televisions to work i cannot stand televisions <laughs> that don't work. not like in in the press box itself i don't understand why you have televisions that don't work either take them all out or get them all to work that would be useful um, do you reckon they do work mike do you reckon they would actually if you turned them on do you think they would work <laughs> This would be quite an interesting question, of course, uh, uh, Hutchie. I must be honest. Yes, if actually they if they went on, would they actually work? I don't know, but we could even have Netflix on them, perhaps. Um, so you know, if the game was was dull, we could be watching a box set or something. I don't know. Um, but Paul Paul Dark, perhaps, <laughs> or, or or dare I say, Merlin, another another box set classic, um, Merlin. So um, yeah, you know, we um, these sort of things. There's little things there that I'm hope Mark is discussing over in Phoenix as we speak. I'm sure he is. He, how much money have we got to spend on players? Not interested. Let's talk about the press facilities. Let's get rid of those lights. Let's see if those TVs turn on and let's do a little bit of tidy up. Um, Rossi, your, your press facilities are slightly different in that you're pitch side, obviously. You do still use the press room. You're a big fan of the press room. What would you like to see, Town Ad, for you personally? To be fair, I think for League One, I think we've got one of the best press rooms in the league, really, because I know Andy made a good point a few weeks ago that Sometimes we just want some water, some water bottles, and we're we're pretty much stacked up with water bottles. We normally you can just go in the fridge and there's plenty for you. Um I think yeah, maybe just mix up the meals here and there. Like we get there's there's pies or sausage rolls. It's just nice. It is pie gate pretty much on this podcast right now because pies, yeah, they're they're okay to eat. They're not very healthy. I mean, no. you know, we've got to watch up. We've also been watching our weight and health and, and all this sort of thing. These have wraps or something, or you know, if we're going to have we're going to have food, which is lovely, and we appreciate that. I mean, we yeah. could go down a little healthy option, perhaps. Oh yeah. Why don't you set up some some kind of outside catering business, Mike? If if you're you, you're not you're not covering game the games at Portman Road, you could come down with a little. Little little um little trolley or one of those little sandwich boxes that go round the neck and you could go round and I could wear I could wear a little pinny. You could. Yeah, and uh, yeah, stand in the press room and just, just sort of just yes, I, I agree, I agree, Hutch. That's a very good idea. You know how at like big sporting events, like um you see like people walk around the concourses and have like backpacks on that yes. just got beer in them with a little thing. Yeah. You could do that with mash. You could have like a little mash. Dispensing. Just slop it, slop it at people. Yeah, a, a mass yeah, gun. Yeah. Do you know what those gun. people? Are, do you know what those people are called? What? Yeah, hawkers. Yes, that sounds. I've hawked. Have you? Past. Yeah. Have you? Oh, I've hawked. There's so much we need to talk about. Um, hawking and being a hawker makes it sound a lot cooler, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, than, than walking around just giving people mashed potato. Um, right. I'm gonna yeah, ask. There was there was no mash. Sorry, it was beer. It was just beer. Um, okay, friends, uh, a couple more questions we're going to take. A couple, actually, arising from things we've just discussed. Sandwich-wise, Foyster wants to know, what is the greatest sandwich filling of all time? Mike. Uh, well, thank you for that. Yes, um, the greatest... Well, do you know, I quite... See, 
I'm quite a simple person, really. I mean, you know, a pie and mash, cheese, cheese and onion. I like a nice cheese and onion sandwich. I find cheese and onion quite a nice little, you know, especially a nice strong onion. It's got to be a strong onion, though. Um, wow. So che- cheese and onion would be my um, a little preferred sandwich. Although, again, cheese is not too healthy for you, Roscoe. You know, so perhaps you should be going down the, the, the salmon and dill or something. But I'll go. I'll stick with cheese and onion. <clears throat> Why don't you just go onion then? Just have an onion sandwich. Well, you could. Onion's good for you. Yeah, I suppose you could have an onion sandwich, but a little cheese is quite nice, I think, just to, just to flavour it. That sounds miserable. <laughs> An onion <clears throat> sandwich. Mm. All right, if it's maybe fried onions, but again, that's not healthy. You want um, something Hutchie, else in there, don't you? Surely. You want a sausage, don't you? So, um, Hutchie, what are you saying, sandwich filling? What's your go-to? Um, I like either a chicken and bacon sandwich with a nice peppery mayo in there or a ham and mustard on nice grainy whole nice grainy ham and mustard we're talking fiery english mustard there are we as opposed to not bothered i like just i'm fine with any mustard actually i I quite i quite like the variety Mm -hmm. but i've also kind of nailed down my own kind of signature sandwich from subway over the course of the last few months um it's a very simple sandwich it's a it's a, it's just some roast chicken, lots of peppers, some olives, a twist of black pepper, and a squidge of their southwest sauce. Nice. So can just, we can we walk into Subway and ask for the hutch? You you should try. I think you, it'll be interesting to see what they give you. But if um, you are listening, Subway and Ipswich, um, we can do you we can do a tie up here, an offer on the hutch sandwich. I'd love people to walk into shops and order the it's hutch. Simple simple not too many ingredients in there you get all the flavors of the things you want my brother my brother right he literally goes in there we do this like once a month maybe he has everything like literally like he'll choose like some kind of meat and then he'll have literally all of the salad options it's just too many you can't you're not getting flavors there you're mixing together too much and his sandwich doesn't even close it's a disgrace is that then a sandwich it's an open sandwich, um, one of those Scandinavian kind of open open sandwiches. But keep it simple. Not too many ingredients. Taste your true flavours and um, and you'll be rewarded. Please, someone, go into Subway this week and order a hutch and, and see what happens. Um, let, let's, let's get that ball rolling. Rossi, you're going to have some mental sandwich filling, I reckon. What, what's your favourite sandwich filling? I just like ham and cheese, to be fair. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ham and cheese job done i also like tuna as well big fan of tuna bit of tuna who tuna isn't a big, who isn't a big fan of tuna i've often said um <laughs> <laughs> mine would be friends coronation chicken can't beat a bit of coronation chicken love it um and there's one more question arising from what we just discussed box sets i think ian where are we in Wallbank, i think it was asked what's the best box set you've ever watched mike you said merlin i've never heard of merlin what is that I beg your pardon. Did you just I, I, did you just say I've never heard of Merlin? Yeah, what's Merlin? Merlin Merlin's the boy wizard, the but the, the, oh, you, the Arthur a... and, and the and the and the Knights of the Round Table, the little lad Merlin. He's the he's his little um he's, he's little like he's um he sort of looks after him. He's a little wizard who sort of looks after him. He's got all these ma- he's got this magic. It's 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 wonderful, Merlin. Wonderful, a very a very soft but heartening box set. I I feel rather than all this. Rufty, tufty, unnecessary, violent what, stuff. Yet, what is it? Is it like a cartoon? What is it? 
That's not a cartoon. That's not a cartoon. It's it's, it's Merlin. Merlin. He's a Merlin. He's Merlin. He's Merlin. Stop saying Merlin. (laughs) So Arthur, Arthur, Arthur is going to set to be king. And Merlin is like his little, well, I would say slave. He's not his slave. He he looks after him. And and, and Arthur keeps getting in a, and his eyes go orange. You see, Merlin's eyes go orange when he's producing magic. See, so he stops like a sword flying towards Arthur's head to cut his head off. And it flings another way because it Merlin put and he saves him and keeps what looking era? after him. What era are we talking here? Is oh, we're like... talking, I don't know, 10th century. When did I, well, when was no, King no, not, not, <laughs> not when the story's from. When was the f- it made? The first, <laughs> bo- the first box set was made in the 10th century. <laughs> yeah. The, first, the bo- I do know what, I, I'm getting cross now because you really are being silly. It was around about 2008-ish. Really? 10, boy, eight, 10. Boy, boys, have any of you ever heard of Merlin? Merlin make football stickers in my book, but as a, um, as a series, I'm not aware of this no. at all. No, okay. Well, there you go. Look out, Merlin, if you can find it. That's Merlin. Um, Hutchie, what's your favorite box set? What's the best one you've ever watched? Box sets are kind of faded from memory now, aren't they? Traditional, actual having the hard copies of the mm. box set. Uh, Sop- Sopranos was was my first kind of actual hard copy box set that I loved. Mm. So that and um, also. Friday Night Lights is another yeah. that I that I really enjoy. I, I actually have that book set of that still. Excellent, excellent book. That I don't know if you've read it. Friday Night. No, Lights. I, uh, no, I've not seen the film either. I'm just all in, all in on the ste- on the series. Matt the Saracen, book. Tim Riggins, the lads smash. <laughs> excellent, um, Rossi. What's your favourite box set? Um. A mixture like there's some series that I really love, but then the ending just kills it for you. Yeah. Like Dexter, like I know they've recently brought a new one back, and yeah, it is what it is. But like Lost as well, I was all in with Lost. Oh, Lost was dreadful. Lost, that was awful. That's the Lost. worst thing. Dreadful. The journey, but then yeah, you sort of regret. You just what have I just watched? Like Prison Break once again. Like you, in a way, I'm bringing out a Peep Show reference here. I feel like we're in a prison watching Prison Break because yeah, trying to escape it and stuff. Um, right in between us is the standard. Only Force and Horses is the standard. Gavin and Stacey is the standard. Um, naming every show now, pretty just, much. But those just just British, show. British comedy, just British comedy. I love you've it. Just, you've just named every show that's ever been made on TV. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go. By the way, Lost is one of the worst things I've ever watched. Um, I, I wasted about six years of my life watching that shite, and it turns out at the end they're all dead. <laughs> Sorry for the spoilers. Um, uh. I think. People know if they care. My my my. This is a fairly predictable and obvious answer, but Breaking Bad um, is tremendous. Watch yeah. that all on box set. That's that is good. amazing. If you've never watched Breaking Bad, you've missed out. Go and watch that. I'd suggest even watch that over Merlin, Mike. As angry as that's going to make you. Um, right, two more questions, friends, uh, and then we can do a literally pay lip service to the the a game at Crew, which means nothing this weekend. Um, speaking of which, James McCallum wants to know with the season mathematically over. Many players get accused of downing tools and being, quotes, on the beach. Is that the same with sports journalists and writers like yourselves? Will Stu and Andy start writing nonsense? Start writing nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, will Ross start snapping pictures of Portman Road seagulls? Um, Hutchie, you miss Rotherham. You're not going to crew, some would say. A fair fair argument. Um, But no, this time of year... As someone who's worked in newspapers for more than 20 years now, every year when we got to the summer, certain colleagues would come over and go, what are you going to do now? The football's finished. Obviously, you're just going to take three months off. 
Um, and you go, <laughs> I've never heard that before. Um, and in fairness, back in the day when papers were just papers and there weren't websites to worry about, we did move away from football over the summer and you'd write about cricket and athletics and things like that. And now, of course, then we didn't really know what people were reading, what people cared about. Now we have web stats and we know that no one cares about anything other than Ipswich Town. So, no, if anything, we'll ramp it up over the summer. Clearly, everyone needs to get a break. But the summer is one of our busiest periods now, isn't it, Hutchie? Last summer certainly was. Yeah. That, that was certainly no no break. One day we should just... Next, next time a colleague does talk about our, our big three months off, Yeah, let's just do it. Just take right, you, actually, yeah. Yeah, we are. See you in see August. Ju- see you in July, mate. <laughs> might do the last pre-season game. Might not. Yeah. But no... um. No, there's uh, there's no on the beach. No on the beach in this business. We'll still Absolutely be doing not. podcasts, won't we? We'll still be still be doing all the fun of summer. June might be a little bit quiet, but um, May's still May's going to be interesting, and then it all gets going again at the start of July preseason. So um, there's not much time for the beach. Mm. Obviously, Speedway over the summer, Mike, big one. Hmm. Yes, I, I love the beach, um, quite honestly. <laughs> I could spend ages on the beach. I have spend all the time on the beach in the winter as well as the summer. So um, I, I'm, a, I'm a beach, a bit of a beach bum, if you like. Quite happy with the beach. Um, but no, um, football's, a, a, football's rather a 12-month business these days. Um, did used to be when I first started little journalism all, all 150 years ago. Um, <laughs> you used to have a little break between sort of, used to last match was in April and you didn't start me until, well, whew, sometimes August of 20-something. Um, but not these days, um, as Andy said. There's no, uh, there's no, there's no beach. Um, but a speedway, of course, this summer, which is nice. Always love a speedway in the summer. It's always the Ipswich. If you're not an Ipswich Town fan, you become an Ipswich Witches fan for a few months. Why not? Um, but yeah, there's, <laughs> um, yeah, football doesn't really doesn't really stop. And um, I mean, the th- the thought for me that Andy and Stu would ever begin to write rubbish is just, I well, I can't even start to even go down that road. I can't even think that would ever happen, Andy. Never, never I mean, you did me. you did see the League One kit rankings last week, of course. <laughs> that, that was all the away kits to do. That was exactly. expert, that was expert analysis, and it's one of the most read things that we've produced this month. So don't knock it, Hutchie. Mate, you um, wait to the away kit rankings. I can't wait. I want it now. You, wait, wait a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right then, final question on mailbag. Chris Miles, this is a good question, um, and I suspect we're all going to have strong views. What do you guys think is the hardest to do? A one four seven in snooker, a nine dart finish in darts, brackets Mark's favourite sport. Not really a sport, neither snooker if on it. Um, or a hole in one on a par three. So three epic sporting slash pub game achievements there. Um, Rossi, I'm going to come to you first. I know you like your darts. What do you reckon? One four seven in snooker, nine dart finish. Or a hole in one and a par three. I'm more, I'm more of a pool man, to be fair. Um, but I don't know what you could do in pool. Is it just a whitewash? Just whitewash your opponent. You just get all the balls That's down. Not before. even close to getting on this list. <laughs> no, no. Um, ooh, I think I think the the golf one really, to be fair, because it's, it's more. It's a bit harsh saying more skill in it. But there's more, I don't know, you're just, you've got to do a lot of more movement and you've got to be, I don't know, you've got to be more eye with snooker. You just, yeah, a lot of practice, boom. Easy. Dark, same. Easy. I could, I could do a 147, no problem. Just a bit yeah. of practice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah I'm so you're saying golf. golf. Mike, you are a golfer. Have you ever had a hole in one? 
I have never had a hole in one, unfortunately. No, been been close on a few occasions, but never had a hole in one. But um, I don't think golf hole in one is as as difficult as getting a one four seven in snooker. Be quite honest. Um, I think a one four seven in snooker must be the hardest. I bet. I mean, try and get nine. I mean, you play darts. I mean, you try and just get one treble twenty is a miracle. If you ever throw three darts, let alone nine on the trot or whatever. So I will go. I will go snooker just ahead of darts. Mm. I, I I think I'd, I'd discount the golf hole in one. I mean, clearly that is your your aim when you're teeing off, but no one thinks they're realistically going to get a hole in one when they when they hit the ball. There's an element of luck there. Um, so I'm I'm saying it's between the one four seven and night dart finish. What are you saying, Hutchie? Hundred percent the snooker. Hundred percent, yeah. yeah, by an absolute mile. Why is that? Show you working. Just just the amount the amount of shots required. To, mm. to make that happen it's like what is it like 42 shots <laughs> well done think, actually how do you, you suddenly come up with that number that's brilliant 42 I think, wow i think i'm right in saying it's for like and you've got to, it's 42 bits of perfection you've got to be you've got to be in position all the time haven't you as well i mean yeah you're only it's, one, you're only it, one. i watch in awe of of mm. those just the, I'd, I'd love to be able to kind of work my way around a snooker table like I'd, i would class myself as a pretty good pool player and my yeah. highest break in snooker is like twenty six, mm. like not even close. Like one four seven is is amazing to do you've, to do that. You've swayed me. I'm saying one four seven. Have you ever been to watch snooker? I've been to a world championship final of snooker to watch it or to cover it to watch it to watch it. Yep, I went like? to the first session of what is widely regarded to be the worst. <laughs> World Championship final in history. I believe it was Peter Ebden against Wee Graham Dot. Do you remember Graham Dot? Little Graham Dot. Yep. Little, little Graham Dot. And the first, I really enjoyed it. It was great. I went with my friend Chris, but it, it was a lot of fun. But the first frame had to be re-racked because they, they kept playing safety shots that, you know, when you just kind of just tap the ball. Yeah into the reds from like and make it touch like the slightest touch they just kept doing that and the referee just went this is i've had enough of this we're re-racking and starting again it was stalemate what's the uh what's the what's the crowd uh experience like because you're not allowed to make any noise are you so do you, do you sit there literally <coughs> stifling coughs and sneezes the whole time I'd, I'd feel like i was i was really on edge yeah yeah it's not like a vibe for what it was, it was a really good experience, but it's not like the most vibrant of uh, of sporting <laughs> events. You, you sit there and you get a little, um, if you pay, I think, another fiver and you can listen to the BBC commentary on your little uh, your little earpiece thing. It was good, though. No, it, was, it was an experience, one to, one to tick off, but I won't be, um, I don't think I'll be rushing back. I was really annoyed, though, because I, I can't remember which one of them it was, but one of them beat Ronnie O'Sullivan in the semi-final. Oh. And like, and I, I obviously I knew I was going, and would much mm. rather have watched Ronnie O'Sullivan than either of those two. But um, but yeah, one four seven's really hard. There you go. Good questions. Um, thanks for that, uh, and for everyone else who asked questions. Obviously, we can't take them all. But appreciate it. Please do keep getting involved, and we'll get to them at some point. I think we're going to start doing a, a spin-off show, which is just going to be mailbag because we get so many good questions. We want to get them all in. Um, right then, friends, that's mailbag done. Final thing to discuss this week, crew away on Saturday. Hutchie, you're not going to be there. Do you give a flying fox what happens at crew on Saturday? Do Can you even bring yourself to discuss it right now in this virtual forum? No. 
<laughs> no, of course I no, I do I do care. It's I, I said on the when we when we talked on Monday, I said that for me the Wigan game was the real the final the final game of the season really where I think we'll learn anything really about um about McKenna's team and, and the way forward and things like that. Crew crew are long gone. Um I yeah, I I I think the players could have got the well they clearly did get themselves up for the um the Wigan game, but I think I think Ross said on on Monday that it might even have been earlier in this podcast. It's we've been going that long, but um, <laughs> he said he said that you just want want to go and smash Crew. Was it? Did you say that? Was that today or was that on Monday, Ross? That was Monday. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. So you, yeah, why not go and smash go and smash Crew? But it's not gonna. Even if they did that, it's not gonna gonna change my thinking on an awful lot of things. If I'm completely honest. I'm assuming we we won't see Raheem Harper. They won't let him play against. Well, I no. You, I'd assume. I'd, I would assume not. But if there's mm. ever a time to let him play, yeah, it's it's this. There's absolutely nothing on it. I think you could learn quite a lot about Raheem Harper if you let if you let him play in this game. I'd be surprised if they did let him. I'll ask Kieran later on them in the press conference this afternoon. Mm. But I, I would. I'm sure the original loan agreement had a clause that said he couldn't play because they all they all do but um if there was a way of negotiating that out of the loan deal that would be that would mm. interest me that would interest me more than anything else to do with Ipswich Town actually whether mm. how how that would play out I'm seeing Harper come up against Morsey and Co um Rossi you said you wanted them to smash crew uh, and clearly although there's nothing on the game having just drawn at home in, in a, a very entertaining game with the the champions elect going and getting a big win at crew would will help build more momentum wouldn't it towards next season and indeed and it also finds out who will be the top goal scorer because if um if we can see a lot of goal scorers on the score sheet that'd be good to see of course this is um, also the Liam from crew derby uh, <laughs> looking forward to it He'll be in the away end um, at Gresty Road, but um, he will also have his hometown taking on his current supporting team. Um, so he's been looking forward to this all season. When the fixtures came out, he earmarked that. And of course, we thought this was going to be a game where we could be maybe celebrating and getting into the playoffs or even winning the league. But mm. we all know what happened. But um, I know he's looking forward to this one. But yeah, just let's just have a bit of freedom and let's just score some goals and let, you know, there'll be, I'm sure the away end, the last away game of the season, there'll be inflatables, all that sort of bits and bobs. A lot of town fans just want to end the season on a high and uh, score some goals, please. Is that what Sky Sports are officially selling the game as the Liam from crew Derby? Is that, is that the tagline? Um, Should be. Mike, we know obviously we want to see town win. We want to see him get a few goals. Is there anything on the pitch player wise that you want to see at crew? Is it time now to, Maybe start seeing a few players we've not not seen so much. We talked a few games ago about the likes of Tyree Simpson, Cameron Humphreys. We've seen Elkin Baggett. Um, any of those you'd like to see, or any ones that have been on the fringes that you think maybe should get a bit of time before the end of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was really impressed with Baggett at Rotherham. Obviously, um, not mm. surprised he didn't start against Wigan. No reason he should. And Burgess is back, um, but maybe maybe he might get another run at maybe Simpson, but um, Simpson. Doesn't seem to be anywhere. Um, uh, uh, Crews, actually, I've, I've been a crew, actually. I've been a crew twice this season, would you believe? I've actually been there twice already this season. Uh, I've got friends up there uh, near Nantwich, and so I've seen crew a, a couple of times already. And um, in fact, Andy said to me, How did Rakeem Harper play? And rather strangely, I couldn't actually remember because um, he didn't really sort of do a lot. And he, I had to actually check my program. He actually was playing. I don't think he's had a great time up there. Um, but it's got one of the crew's got one of the tallest stands in, in Christendom. 
um, on the far side where the dugouts are. It just goes up and up and up and up. It's most bizarre um, compared with the rest of the ground. Um, but that wasn't your question, was it? Your question was what I like to see the Ipswich Town players. Um, I really don't. I'm not being funny. I don't really care less, to be honest, uh, quite frankly. Um, I mean, if you're not going to give them 10 minutes now, don't bother um, starting in pre-season. But... Um, yeah, um, I I like to think one or two might get a few ten minutes here or ten minutes there, but um, there's still a lot up in the air with Mister uh, with with Kieran McKenna and his players. So I don't think he will start throwing people around. We have mentioned this, but can't mm. see it myself. I'm not going to bother asking for predictions because obviously it's pointless. It's a it's a it's a dead rubber game. But let's hope it's a it's a decent win for town. One final thing to discuss before we take our leave on this somewhat epic podcast. Um, Hutchie, on Monday we spoke about the challenge awaiting town in League One again next season. Um, and since we spoke, we know one of the teams that will definitely be joining League One next season. Um, my hometown side, the mighty, or not so mighty as the case is now, Derby County, the Super Rams. Um, what do we make of that? And, and clearly on the face of it, Derby County is a huge football side to have down in League One, joining a lot of other big football sides, but they're in a bit of a mess. Um, what... What do you expect from from Derby in terms of it being a challenge to town and promotion next season? There's a lot of unanswered mm. questions, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's the big <clears throat> thing for Derby that um, they should take a little look over their shoulder and look down and see what League One looks like, and not um, mm. not be getting too excited about about what might happen. There's look that. <laughs> The team that they've got on the pitch, Rooney, it sounds like Rooney wants to stay, which would mm-hmm. be which would be a massive thing for them. If 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 um and a massive thing for Wayne for League One, really, actually, to have Wayne Rooney managing in it. But they've got a they've got a team that all things being equal and points deductions not not being there would be kind of a mid tabley, lower mid table. I think now like Championship club. So mm. they they but but that but they've kind of got themselves through. On their home record, which has been, I think their home record is something like the fifth best in fifth or fourth best in the championship, but their away record is woeful. So, I think there's there must be an element of them kind of being sucked through on kind of emotion and heart and fight and um and kind of everyone pulling together, which they'll have to find again in League One. But they can't take anything for granted whatsoever. Just look at Sunderland, Ipswich, mm. um. Sheffield Wednesday could still be here. These big, big clubs don't get it all their own way. Um, I'm sure they'll be in the in the mix in the conversations. Um, mm. Wayne Rooney will mean that they're in those the mix and conversations that are being discussed over the summer. But I think it's just another another club to to add to what is a growing sort of number of big League One sides. Peterborough are the ones that worry me. I think Peterborough have got the potential to come down and. Under Grant McCann, who last time he was in this league um, took Hull up, obviously they're mm. they're not down yet, but I think they will, and I think they could be the real force. But Derby, Derby might just have um, some challenges a- ahead of them. But Pride yeah. Park's great. Looking forward to going again. Pride Park is a is a lovely stadium. Doesn't hold the same place in my heart as the baseball ground did uh, when the pitch was more sand than grass back in the day. But you were very close to the action. Um, obviously, Derby. The big question is the takeover. If that's going to happen, when it happens, by can they avoid more points deductions? How many players are going to stay? Yep. There's so so many questions this summer. But if if they get things sorted and they do get the takeover done and Rooney does stay, um, you'd imagine that Derby will be uh, again. A bit of a, a bit of a challenge for everyone who wants to wants to go up next season. League One's mental, isn't it? When you look at the teams 
that are in there now. Um, we shall see. Uh, friends, any other business? Like I say, this has been a 75-minute podcast, almost the full 90. Um, anything else to mention? No other business. No business. Oh, I'll tell you what, Mike, you can mention. You can plug your Jason Dazelle podcast for people who've not listened to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jason Dazelle spoke to Jason Dazelle recently about the 91, 92. It was 30 years, um, of course, Ipswich fans this month. Not mm. just this year, this month, Ipswich Town went up from the old second division into the inaugural premiership. I spoke to Jason Dazelle about that and all about John Lyle, the wonderful manager um, and that team. Um, so that's on the KOA um well okay you can listen on the KOA podcasts um yeah just that, the people who have listened to it have been really enjoyed it which is great and jason was great and of course you know, we've talked about celebrations of will Keane. he had a bit of an unfortunate celebration when he came back with spurs and mm. you guys might not remember but he went a bit berserk towards the north stand which he always regretted ever since he mentions that and talks about um that 91 92 team where of course you know ipswich went up in 2000 remember from wembley having finished third in Division One to get into the champion, get into the Premier League. This mm. team actually won Division One to get into the inaugural Premier or Division Two, as it was then, to get in the Premiership. So, mm. yep, nice to chat to Jason. Good stuff. Go back and listen to that. It's on the KOA feeds, um, and you've also got Craig Forrest as well, haven't you? Coming up, Craig Forrest coming up. Yeah, I think next week we're gonna we have the earlier later this week. Next, we've got Craig Forrest. Mm. Yeah, I spoke to him in Canada. Um, he was great with his uh, Ipswich Town goalies jerseys in the background. So you'll be able to catch some of them. Hutchie, I know you like a like a football shirt. There's one or two oh, there. You pick up. His, I've 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 actually seen some bits of the video you did with him. I think and it the kits that he got to wear yes. were amazing. Just brilliant, weren't they? The one there's one in particular that's like kind of like a greyish brownish beige base but they've just chucked a load of color on it um i don't know it was an umbro one but who designed it um some on some kind of hallucinogenics at, <laughs> at the time but it's um yeah absolute cracker um has has craig still got the hair mike has he still got the um so he's got a little less hair than that the, the he's got the, so much big frizz but the, yeah. the irony is he started talking about when he first came to ipswich and he said i was i i, I came to ipswich and i stayed in, in in leonard's road um which bizarrely was literally 200 yards away from where i lived and i never knew oh. and we were literally and i said what's well, something for her and we started talking about pubs in the locality and all sorts of things it's it's wonderful Imagine it's you wonderful. in a forest out on the town back in the day with your, your hair just blowing in the air, mm-hmm. your leather trousers. God, dear. What, He's a bit thing? bigger than you, Mike. You'd need those, <laughs> plat- those platform shoes that you spoke about. They would um, need to be a good meter. <laughs> probably exactly yeah it was, it's good though he's really he's a really good talker and it's a real good it's a real good podcast excellent keep, keep an eye out for that i think we're talking about putting out on on sunday at uh first thing sunday morning so it should be ready for you friends this has been something of an epic podcast i hope you enjoyed it thanks for for sticking with us if you have got to this point well done um please support our sponsor i've already mentioned the manscape use the code co at manscape.com uh, for 20 percent off and free delivery and all that excellent stuff there uh, and also Follow us on social media, Kings of Anger, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, if you are going to crew this weekend, well done. Um, you'll be joined there by Stu and Rossi, so look out for them. Uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about it and look ahead to the final game of the season. Um, so have a great one, whatever you're doing, and we'll speak to you then.
slash channel slash audio.